Oh, it hurt. <laughs> Did the Christian music help? <laughs> I forgot the, like, I listened to it the other day, and I forgot, like, they, they called the religious services cake and ice cream. Cake and ice cream? So what? the first time they said that was going to happen, I was like, yo, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, all right. Everyone, this is Fight the Fate Military Experience Edition. We have Corporal Kleins here, and we are on part two. If you didn't hear the beginning of a story, go back and listen to Mil- Military Experience One. And we kind of dropped off at you got you were going into business school or something. Oh, right uh, after the the camp. Yeah, that's a job training. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, job training. What so- was that about? So, yeah, I went up to uh, Fort Leonard Wood, which is where my job school was, and it's the army. It's an army base, but like it's where the Air Force, the Navy, and the Marine Corps all train. Like their engineers, military police, and my job, which is uh, nuclear, biological, chemical. Holy defense. shit! Because <laughs> uh, they actually have a facility there, where at the end of the school. You go to this facility, it's, like, all locked down, and they have, like, all the, like, horrible shit yeah. is there. Because the U.S. is allowed to use chemical weapons for uh, training purposes. So we're, like, <laughs> like radiation suits, Geiger counter, Geiger counters. Yeah, that's part of it. Was yeah. it all, like, a, how was, like, the, were you involved in, like, the science part of it? Or yeah, was it, like... The, it's actually, like, one of the most difficult schools to go through in the military, and it is worth zero college credits <laughs> <laughs> i got college credits for a correspondence course i took for math and a physical education credit credit for boot camp when i went to college so i didn't wow. get any credit for all the science plotting nuclear bombs going off that's crazy learning about geiger counters all that nothing it's not even worth like a basic science credit so so basically so like science plus like hazmat cleanup kind of stuff yeah and it's it's very intense physically so like the testing's very rigorous. Like you learn something on Monday, and then Friday you have to take a test, and it's like pretty much pass fail. Mm-hmm. And it it was very intense. Like I actually like was at the lower end of the academic spectrum in my class, like the first two weeks, mm-hmm. and by the end I was like maybe fifth or sixth. But like the physical side, I did really well. <laughs> wow, that well, doesn't make sense. Like. You bring in these people in for, like, this nuclear stuff. Yeah. And then it's the most vigorous physical training. It's one of them. you think your brain has to be, like, the main part of something like that. It's a little different because, like, you ever seen the mop suits? Like, it's in a jarhead. They wear the big suits with the gas mask. Yeah. We had to, like, hike in them. Like, your first hike. (laughs) Oh, so that's why it's physical. Like I'm not, we're yeah. not running marathons, but oh, we're, we're going ten miles stuff. in those suits. It's it's eighty degrees outside. It's fucking one ten in that suit. Yeah, I <laughs> I went. I was in Missouri uh, in the winter, so like some days it was negative because the wind chill, and you'd still have that suit on, and it'd be like thirty in the suit, so you'd be sweating your ass off. Oh my god! And then I didn't finish till I think spring, and out there it's it's extremes. It's either really cold or really hot because it's like the Great Plains. So in the spring, it'd be like 80 outside, but in the suit, it's like close to 100. <laughs> so how long were you in this, in I think this it's three, job training? I think it's three months. Okay. So Is it's that just the go-to long. number? It seems like everything's like, like yeah. boot camp's three months, <laughs> this job training thing's three months. Yeah, because uh, I think intelligence school and my school is three months, but most other schools are a little shorter. Like if you're going to be a, we call it motor T, but if you're going to be like fixing trucks, it's a little shorter. Mm. I think theirs is like six weeks. 
Did they ever test like a nuclear bomb on you? No. And then like <laughs> you like tried to like test how many levels of radiation there were. So you you have to keep track because when you're in the military, you're they know what your uh the safe amount of radiation you can take in your lifetime is. Yeah. And you you have to keep track of how much radiation you got during your career. Hold on. And you what? actually get more vacation days if you took too much. <laughs> Hold on. It radiation's <laughs> cumulative. Yeah. What the well, fuck? at least how they yeah, measured it. Dude. I don't know if it's. I didn't right. know that. I've right. been on a plane so much. Yeah. Well, well, Planes sits. give you radi radiation, right? Yeah. Or you're closer to the whatever the fuck. You're upper. You're in the ozone, higher in the ozone. Hmm. So you actually take more cosmic rays because uh, the ozone keeps out the UV radiation and cosmic rays from space. And then you're like sitting on your cell phone. That's giving you straight <laughs> radiation to your yeah. right, right, right to your <laughs> testicles, dude. But. Uh, like this job school made me so paranoid because there's like so many really terrible agents out there. Like there's one called blood agents, and it literally suffocates you on a molecular level because it takes the blood off off of your uh, the, white blood cells. The hemoglobin oh, out of your fuck. red. Yeah, so like you literally you suffocate on a molecular level, which you can't really do anything about. That's fucking oh terrible. God. Yeah, dude, I'm watching uh, Chernobyl right now on HBO. Yeah, it's only two parts out so far. That show is the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and... Like, how that shit really happened, and they just tried hiding it like that. I mean, it's well known now, but there's there's uh, an agent called Novachuks. Yeah. And it mean, I think it means newcomer in Russian. But we learned about it in our class, and, like, the U.S. doesn't have great means to mitigate that agent. Like, it, it could actually, like, devastate us. So that's terrifying, and they use it against the, the guy in Britain recently it's just crazy like you we have this stuff that we can't control yeah so like if it gets out of out of hand we have nothing really we can do and the u.s's policy on nuclear weapons or uh, uh chem weapons is we won't use them but if you use them on us we're going to fucking nuke you yeah. so countries are very hesitant to use them on our troops yeah they know it's everyone's gonna be fucked we'll just pre yeah we'll press every button Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like, we won't make you shit your brains out and die from that or suffocate on a molecular level, but we'll turn your country into glass. That's why it's crazy, like, how we uh, everyone has this shit that could just destroy the world anyway. Uh, and it, it's ironic because uh, the Soviet Union forbid its uh, scientists to study genetics. Like, there was a guy who wanted to understand the genetics of uh, domesticating dogs. Yeah. And he had foxes that he was breeding to see how, like, maybe domestication happened. And he had to fake it as, like, a farm for furs. So they can't study genetics in the Soviet Union. But they were way ahead of us on bioweapons bio and chem weapons. Because they knew we, they couldn't beat us on nuclear weapon-wise. Yeah. Because we were, like, 20 years ahead of them on that. But they were, like, 20 years ahead of us on, like, really devastating bioweapons. Holy shit, dude. I mean, we covered the uh, the biowep the chem weapons and yeah. with, um, what was it? Oh, Fritz Haber. Yeah. yeah. The, and the father of chemical warfare. In my job school, we learned the history of, like, all that stuff. Uh, and then, like, we learned how to, like, use templates and do it by hand with, like, graph paper. You can measure the size of the mushroom cloud for the nuclear weapon. And I can tell you how big the uh, payload was sometimes. Mm -hmm. But you can't look directly at it because it'll blind you. So you need, like, sunglasses. I, just I, I knew it. the math at one point. It was, like, 50% energy goes towards the actual explosion. 10% yeah. in the fallout. Yeah, the real bad thing is the fallout. So, like, we learn how to do that by hand, and, like, you memorize it, and I don't remember it now, but... <laughs> what, like, to measure it? Yeah, and it was all, like, rules of thumb, and then, like, you could figure it out. And then, uh, 
even like chem weapons, like how they disperse, like what's the relative humidity, that kind of thing. The wind, which way is the wind blowing? Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, at the end of like the last, like I think it's like the last two weeks, we find out there's a there's a uh, computer program that can figure this all out for you in like thirty seconds. <laughs> Everyone's out of a job. <laughs> well, that's the philosophy of the Marine Corps. Like you need to know how to do this stuff by hand. Yeah. Then you learn this yeah, computer can do it all. Because what if you're out there? You're not. What do you have do now? <laughs> we destroy your computer network. Luckily, I've got this pen and paper. You Russian douchebag. I think the scariest thing I ever saw. I think it was a Viceland documentary about like India and Pakistan. Yeah. And, like, if I remember right, like, A, like, a big portion of Pakistan is controlled by the Taliban. And yeah, if, I remember, if, I, if I remember it right, like, they said some of the regions controlled by the Taliban had nuclear capability. And the other part, I, yeah. I, I'm not sure about that part, but 100%. It's like, oh, India and Pakistan hate each other. They're neighbors. They can literally walk to the border and talk shit to each other, and they both have full <laughs> nuclear capability. It'd be like if, like, you, it'd be like if the Ukraine and Russia were equals. And they that, both had nuclear capability. That's funny you brought that up because Ukraine, when the Soviet Union fell, Ukraine was the third largest holder of nuclear weapons in the world. Mm. They were only second to the United States and Russia. And uh, America's, America, Great Britain, I think France and NATO all said, Ukraine, we'll defend you no matter what. Just release all your nuclear weapons to Russia because they can better maintain them. And this is like in 1991, 1992. So Ukraine said, okay, since we have defense guarantees from the West, because hmm. they were still afraid of Russia, we'll give all our nuclear weapons back to Russia. And they did it. And now today we're not following through on that. Yeah. So they're supposed to be under protection? Yeah, they had a guarantee that if Russia fucked with them, we would come in and what help was them the, out. What was the recent quote-unquote annexation? I, uh, I, Crimea. Crimea, yeah. Because uh, Stalin gave Crimea back to Ukraine in 1953. Mm. And he just gave it back. He said, like, oh, just have this. Because was... he's a good guy. That's why. <laughs> Uncle, are you talking about Uncle Joe? Well, I, I found out recently that, like, someone who unequivocally defends everything Stalin ever did on the internet is called a tanky. A tanky? Yeah. What? <laughs> All right. So you, you go to jobs. You, you get done job school. Mm -hmm. What's next? When you leave job school, they give you three options, like, you know, wish list, basically. And your choices are overseas, East Coast, or West Coast. Because the big major marine bases are Camp Lejeune on the east coast, and uh, west coast is Camp Pendleton. Is that San Diego? Mm -hmm. No, San Diego's a little further down. I think uh, Pendleton's Redlands, California. I think it's nearby. I, I, my geography in California is pretty bad. <laughs> no, I just remember being in San Diego, and that was like a giant military base. Yeah, I think and, that's isn't that the National Guard's base down there, too? Yeah, there's, there's, like, there's a lot of bases in San, San Diego. I, I want to say there's like five branches. Like, they're all five branches are represented in San Diego. Yeah, probably. Cause it's I it's nice, dude. It's beautiful weather, Bro, beautiful women, black sand beach. <laughs> you got Comic Con. <laughs> People Comic -Con. are hanging out. Oh, actually, think of a uh, black sand beaches and volcanic soil. We tested that, and that's actually uh, more radiation resistant than like lead. Yeah. So if you build a bunker out of volcanic sand in like Hawaii, you'd be like be able to survive. But isn't there a flip yeah. side where like, fuck, like uranium is made deep 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 like natural uranium is made deep in earth's core mm -hmm. so like volcanoes actually release a, a decent amount of radiation yeah there's no way to avoid all radiation like there's alpha and beta rays and those are the ones that like struggle to get through your clothing <laughs> but like gamma is just going to go through most anything like, uh, even the volcanic soil some uh, of it's still going to get through all right so what, what you have your three options what do you pick oh i picked east coast because well obviously i'm from the east coast yeah. so and i ended up getting it 
but like i fucked around a lot at job school like we wore our gas masks and got bb guns and started kicking in <laughs> other people's doors and like clearing the room just shooting and- nuclear bombs into rooms <laughs> clear oh my god i i forgot uh so we use cs gas to do gas chambers to show people how to use their masks how to clear them all that kind of yeah. stuff so during job school we do like a ton of gas chambers uh for this training like we all have to learn how to do it ourselves so each time we went in we would buy cigarettes and go in and while you're in this chamber doing the classes and stuff like that and learning how to do it these cigarettes are getting covered in the cs uh, <laughs> gas which is like a derivative of a uh, cayenne peppers mm-hmm. yeah is and it it's like, activated by heat is it like real is it dangerous if you're breathing that in or is it just gonna like burn you actually get a tolerance like while i was in the marines i actually could like walk in and like take it for probably like a minute like you just start fun. dipping your cigs in it like on purpose because you need it but spraying your chew down with it yeah we're, we're we're attached with the uh mps while we're there so the the marine mps were there and if you had the stereotyping you probably say they're jocks they would fuck up and get caught for underage drinking every fucking weekend and then we couldn't go out of town because they fucked up because yeah. we're like attached with them so we used to like remember who got, who got fucked up and who got caught and we would be like, hey, man, you need a cigarette? like, And then we would give him the cigarette lace of CS gas. <laughs> and as soon as you light it, it's heat activated. And he takes the first puff and he just oh. starts coughing. <laughs> and we used to uh, like soak blankets in CS gas. <laughs> and give them to the MPs and like break it. If you left your room unlocked, it was like, it was go, oh, go time God. for friends and shit. Yeah, we would put the CS blankets in there. Yeah. <laughs> They're like a fucking Scientologist, our policy of fair game. But, uh, when we would put the gas masks on and break into people's rooms and like shoot them with BB guns and like clear the room, like infantry tactics, uh, we never got caught per se. But our instructor was like, "You guys know you're fucking idiots. <laughs> you are the only Marine. There's only forty of you, and you're the only Marines on this base with gas masks. So we know it's it's three <laughs> out of the forty that did this. One of you was incredibly tall, so we know it was uh, my friend. Yeah." Because he was incredibly tall. And then we're like, the other person had tons of freckles. Who was that? <laughs> but they never did anything. They're just like, whatever. Well, they gave us like an amnesty thing. They're like, turn in your BB guns. Turn in and your BB we won't, guns. We won't, we won't punish you, really. It sounds like a trap. I wouldn't fucking... I would just stash the BB it's gun. It's not bad, though. But uh, the instructors had like their own little room. And at the end of the class, they gave us back our BB guns. And in an instructor's room, like their break room, was covered in BBs, like on the floor. <laughs> and they gave us the guns back, and they were like, some of them were broken from being used so much, and yeah. like the batteries were dead in it. And it was like, they were fucking shooting each other with yeah, them. And they were playing with them. <laughs> so you're on the East Coast now. Yeah, I, uh, I got attached to uh, 5th Battalion, 10th Marines. Uh, and the Marine Corps divides its units by the, uh, so we would just say 510. But that's 5th Battalion, 10th Marine Regiment. And the East Coast tends to be uh, the even number regiments. And there's not many artillery units, so I got attached to an artillery unit. And we're all on N Street on that base. Mm-hmm. And they actually disbanded my unit, like, maybe a year ago. What does that mean when you disband a unit? Uh, they shut it down. Like, they... Like, that doesn't exist anymore. No one... Yes, yeah, like... so my unit... They, like, turned in their standard to, like, the base commander, I think. They had, like, a ceremony. They get, like, absorbed by something, or they just... The the staff who was there probably got absorbed into other units, but they probably slowly whittled it down. 
So there wasn't that many to get rid of. Yeah, because actually the Marine Corps has gone down in size since I left, like way down. Like it went from like 220,000 to 180,000. Yeah, did they want it like that or was people just leaving? Yeah, well, it's kind of, when they're disbanding it, they'll just let people leave early. Like if you have four months left in your contract and, and you've been accepted to a college, they'll let you leave early. Or if you got a job, like a lot of my friends, before they left, they would get a contract to work for like offshore drilling in Australia. Yeah. Which was really popular for some reason when I was leaving. So a lot <laughs> of those guys did that and you spend like two weeks on the rig and one week in Melbourne causing trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds cool, actually. Yeah. And they would like actively recruit. So like it was weird. Like you think like it'd be hard to get on a military base, but they had like the oil rig recruiters and then they had like the red cross was there like all the time trying to get our blood <laughs> and bone marrow <laughs> they're just chasing you with needles yeah when i was in missouri they had vans at like every corner <laughs> like the blood collection vans hey, well, man I, you want to you want to treat i would wear band-aids sometimes just like to get through unmolested like oh we already got him <laughs> um maybe i'm overthinking it but, but i thought like your shit is mil- like you was it to the level where you get punished if you fucking came back sunburned? Yeah, because you're not wrong. I, I wouldn't go. your blood be military property then? You're, you can United, freely you, donate. Um, you can freely donate, but yeah, you will get in trouble if you get a sunburn if you're a fuck up already. Uh, like I got really sunburned. I got like second degree burns or whatever. It's on my back. I got sun poisoning. Like I couldn't. I had to lay down in a bed of ice. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the only time I really got really badly burned, and. I forget who it was, but someone higher up was like, you know, we can charge you for that. How? Like, why, though? Why do they do something like that? So I was in a unit that's com- it's called combat arms, which is artillery, uh, I think combat engineers and infantry. You always have to be deployable ready. Oh, uh, so that's your fault that you got sunburned. And yeah. I think I think more more that, too, but plus, like, it's a huge expenditure to train you. Yeah. So you just fucked up all that by it's making like yourself a, useless. It's like a football player that's get gets hurt <laughs> off yeah. the field. Yeah. There's certain medical ailments still they'll, they'll like just what, release you from the military. When like, Bryce Harper the, blows out his ACL and he's still on that fucking sweet, sweet contract. Until <laughs> he's just gotta pay him it's for guaranteed. five years. That's baseball. Oh actually when I was in job school a guy well, I think he was an MP, he found out he had a terminal disease and he only had like a year or two left to live. So they actually like said we'll release you from your contract if you want to go home because the military realized like we can't make him serve out the last year of his life yeah like there's certain ways you can get out of it like if you win the lottery apparently you can what yeah what? apparently you're at you can buy your contract <laughs> out or eat, or they uh they... it's like a fucking used as long car. as you give them more yeah. money <laughs> you can buy i don't know if that's place. actually true but it was like the rumor that everybody <laughs> heard i feel like if i had cancer that's that's when i would want to fucking just deploy me wherever <laughs> <laughs> make a movie about me so, and there's certain ways you can get extra pay. Like, I think if you're Native American, you get extra pay. And if you know another language besides Spanish, you get extra pay. Yeah, it makes sense. If you, like, you didn't request to be deployed to a major war zone. Oh, I, I did. I put in, like, papers to go to, like, with units that were going to Iraq, like, right away. Holy shit. Uh, but my job is so rare. Uh, there's only, like, two of us per battalion, which is probably a 1,000 people. Yeah. A 1,000 Marines. Uh, so... And I just got attached to 510, and they had just come back from a deployment. So usually if you deploy for a year or two, you stay, on, you stay at your base for a year or two. Like yeah. You have a rest period, and then you go again. So you got there, like, during the rest period? Yeah, so I got there during the rest period, which was about 
gonna be 18 months i think and i only had 15 months left of my contract so i was like what the fuck <laughs> yeah i did this to get at least one deployment yeah and then right before I left uh, my active duty unit, they said, oh, we're going to deploy to Afghanistan, but it's going to be for like a year and a half. And I was like, I can't put my life on hold for another two years for this shit. And, well, like they said I couldn't extend another two years. I had to reenlist for a whole another four years. Wow. And I was like, I can't do that. Like, yeah. I'm going to come back from deployment and still have three years left of my contract. Yeah. I don't want to be here for another three years. <laughs> yeah. It's not that it wasn't like a good experience but, but i wanted to do other things in my life yeah but that's what you hear like most major uh history figures that we cover yeah like today like we're gonna about to do winston churchill and he requested to be in the war zone and yeah. smedley butler requested to be on the front lines <laughs> but they said no because you're fucking nuts it's it's not like i wanted to go out there and actually like fucking kill as many people yeah as you I just want to be in that you trained I just for to do it my, yeah i did my i wanted to do my part and i trained for like a year to fucking do this like. yeah we're were there nuclear weapons in iraq <laughs> you know so, <laughs> you were there you were there well, a guy you were I, driving a drone weren't you the the Iraqis did use chem weapons in a sense. They would steal chlorine tablets and uh, stuff from water treatment plants that we had supplied so they could treat their fucking water over there. Uh-huh. And the uh, So whenever we give something to uh, a government over there, it's going to have some leakage. There's some shit yeah. that's going to disappear. Like, they would find that... Uh, one of my friends, he would supply uh, AK-47s and RPKs, which is like the... Uh, squad automated weapon version of the AK-47 to Iraqi police and we knew they would fucking sell it to the uh, Mujafeta Hadim nearby yeah. yeah so there's always leakage so we supplied them with chlorine and they put it in IEDs and uh, chlorine goes through gas mask filters the only way you can deal with it is you gotta piss on a rag cause the ammonia uh-huh. so they knew that it would uh, get through our stuff but they weren't smart enough to make the IEDs not so explosive it didn't destroy the chlorine. Yeah. So. Like, it, that's the whole thing with chemical weapons. Like, getting it, it to become a vapor mm-hmm. is, like, the hardest thing. Because you could just, yeah. it'll break and just be be nothing. So, uh, artillery rounds are the best way to deploy a chemical agent. Because um, you can make it where it just hits in the ground and disperses it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to exploding. They were putting explosives with this, and it was destroying because uh, chlorine's a, a not a persistent agent. It clears out of the atmosphere real quick. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be some in the smoke, but it's not like where you, you got that slow release vapor. That's just a cloud. I mean, we did have casualties from it, uh, but it wasn't as effective as they could have made it. Yeah, mm. and uh, I actually saw pictures of one of my uh, one of the sergeants at Lejeune. That was my job as well. And when he deployed to Iraq, he found it inert mustard gas, which means like it didn't, it wasn't as effective anymore. It pretty mm. much expired. <laughs> so like uh, Saddam Hussein had chem weapons. He bought it from the French and us, but he it was buried in the desert. Like it was like his backup plan. Yeah. Okay. I follow. So it just deteriorates. It's like yeah. uh, I was watching something about forensics, and like if you're if they fucking kill you in the desert, you're beat. Like you're you're just beat because <laughs> like the DNA starts going. Like the actual DNA testable to like your shit, just it goes within the hour from that sun, from the weather, the exposure. Yeah. Like I thought it lasted way longer, but so like bury it in the desert sun, and the heat, 
then the cold at night probably just fucking ruins it. Yeah. So was this it? Like this was the end of your your time after when you were sitting on that break time with them? Did you yeah. go anywhere else or? So I I I had domestic deployments with them. Like we went to uh, New York City. That we had Fleet Week. Okay. Which uh, we actually were there with Canadians, which is funny. And uh, so Fleet Week is like you go to a, a ship in Norfolk and then they take the ship up to Manhattan. And you dock, and then you do like tons of parades, and uh, I think it's it's like two weeks of debauchery, pretty much. <laughs> uh, being married in the military, and if you have an affair, it's a criminal offense. So they didn't send married people on this because, like, obviously, yeah, they. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I took my instructor's place because he was married, or my NCOs. Yeah, so you kept you were going on little trips with them around the country. Yeah. And how long were you in there total about? Uh, 15 months active duty, but like okay. the other time I was training. So I did two years active duty, a little over two years, actually. I think like 28 months. So you have this like existential crisis, for lack of a better term, about like, <laughs> I can't stay fucking four more years. Yeah. Um, what do you do? Well, I was like, I'll, I'll go to community college and like there's career planners. Mm. And um, he kind of laughed at me and he's like, yeah, that's what everybody says. And he's like, you know, the job market's really bad. <laughs> So they try to, like, make it seem like the military is your only option. Yeah, they want you to stay. Yeah, and I was like, that's really bad because a lot of people are smart in the military, but they might be insecure because now I have a wife and maybe a child. Like, mm-hmm. So they, they manipulate you to stay in, they, and I really d- didn't like that because I saw through it. They attack your sense of security. Yeah, and I was like, I got a GI Bill. I'm going to use it. Like, This was always my plan to do one stint, get out, and go to college. Because, like, yeah. my, my parents couldn't pay for college, so. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll stop here. We'll probably <laughs> do another little recap on when you got out, what, what actually happened, mm-hmm. and what you got into. But thanks for sharing your story. This was Corporal Klein's Military Experience Episode 2. Are we going to talk about the thing with the school bus? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do that later we'll, we'll add that in the next one so stay tuned for the school bus story that's brian davies i'm mike bonomo this is fight the fate military experience